So hi everyone, welcome back for another installment of Manager IQ's Manager Interview Series. Um, we come together here so that we can get managers talking about their experience, so we can learn and grow from them. So we're very excited to have another session here. We've got Ruben Sharples, who's from New Zealand and he's everyone's favorite local butcher and no one knows meat better than Ruben. He's the Managing Director of Aussie Butcher in New Lynn and is an active member of the wider Aussie Butcher franchise. Ruben's 28-year career began as an apprentice in Waipu, where he then moved into Auckland and finished his trade and then went into the big bad world and had a little bit of experience here in London, but at a famous Smithfield market, so that must have been quite exciting. On his return back to Auckland, Ruben continued his journey and before long he was set up he set up his own new market Aussie butcher shop and then set up another butcher shop in Newland where he's had the store for eight years and has spent 11 years in the Aussie butcher group. He appreciates the early input into his career from his own bosses and is so committed to the importance of training and mentoring younger talent, which is so fantastic to hear. To date, four apprentices now qualified under his tutelage. His apprentice, Ben Nelson, even took out the Auckland Regional Competition last year, where Ruben is also the judge at the Young Butchers Competition. Ruben is also known for competing and winning in the competitions, including the regular medalist in the Devro Sausage Competition, where he has won six gold awards as well. My mouth is kind of one, uh, watering, talking and thinking about these sausages, Ruben. Um, but you've also represented the North Island in the 2014 North versus South Butchery, won the New Zealand Best Ham in 2017 and New Zealand's Best Butcher in the same year. You've also won countless awards in your own brand of meats called Rubens, which specializes in award-winning small goods and especially delicious sausages. Ruben isn't just active within the world of butchery, but he also spends numerous hours investing and giving back to your community. Ruben and his family are proud supporters and fundraisers of the Child Cancer Foundation and regularly gets involved with the campaigns to raise vital funds for their incredible work. Ruben also gets involved in local level with numerous um, different sponsorships and donations to schools, sports teams, and even is the proud partner of the Kindness Collective Foundation. Through this foundation, um, Ruben's work has resulted in over $100,000 worth of quality meat being donated through various organizations. During COVID-19, in the lockdowns in 2020 and 2021, when Ruben was faced with the huge devastation of not being able to trade, he opened up the store for the Kindness Collective to take what they needed for families doing it tough before the country was plunged into lockdown. As a result of this, Ruben's generosity, over 3,000 families were fed. That's such an amazing thing to do for the local community. If that wasn't enough, Ruben is a member of Hellas Sharp Blacks, is a director on the retail meat board of, and the New Zealand pork board. His Newland store is also Google's number one voted best butcher in the country. I think that's my most amazing intro yet, Ruben. It's so excited to have you here. How are you today? I'm good, thank you, good. That's good. That's good. And I was mentioning when we were getting ready for this interview that I was really excited about coming and joining a conversation with you because your background and my background is so different. And it's really exciting to be talking to different leaders and managers who have had different experience outside of the corporate world. So thank you for taking the time to, to share your with us. So tell me, Ruben, a little bit about, I guess, your career, which relates to, you know, when you first became a manager and that experience today. Um, yeah, it's probably like almost sort of shops that I sort of started working in were small shops, like sort of one on one. So if the boss wasn't there, I was sort of running sort of shop. So and that sort of I suppose it's you, you would sort of put in the deep end. So okay. to customers coming in, you're having to sort of make those management decisions on what people are like ordering or doing things like that. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I always sort of, I don't mind sort of voicing up and sort of voicing my opinion and saying things, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But I sort of think that helps when it sort of comes to it, sort of understanding your staff and things. And then mm-hmm. as the shops, I've sort of grown sort of slowly, like we had a two-man shop and then, you know, working out to five and we've got a team now of 16. Oh, wow. So in a seven-day-a-week business, I've got one main manager and then there's probably a couple of other um, people under that that if, if the manager's not there, somebody else knows how to step it up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow, wow. From from just the two of you to two to four to six to sixteen, that's like a, a large a large job. That's fantastic. When you were thinking, I guess when you started having this much larger, you know, group of people that you were responsible for, did you see a shift in what you needed to focus on from a from a leader's perspective? Yeah, it's sort of it's. I was very sort of like hands on trying to micromanage. And when we had the, had the new market shop, it was people would come in as Ruben there. And if I was having a day off, then they would sort of walk out and or they wanted to be served by me. So I realized that when I went to the new Lynn shop, I, I had to sort of train that, that it wasn't just me. Mm-hmm. So customers came in, they knew that the staff were just as good and, and confident in, um, in doing things. So I'm always trying to explain to people that, you know, if someone comes in and asks for a pork belly, it's asking them people like what they want. If you haven't got it, actually say, hey, what are you going to use this with? And then mm. you, you might better use a pork shoulder instead or something like that. So I found that you sort of had to be doing, showing these young people coming through and sort of teaching them sort of, I suppose it's like management skills, so to speak. Mm. It's not, we're very, like it's, it's chalk and cheese, you know, our two industries. That's mm. the sort of thing, like I'm, I'm not really that sort of structured in that way. But I've found that now is like as the years on, I'm sort of more in front of a computer trying to organize things and doing all the ordering and mm. and that sort of having the shop run um, by it. So if people, if someone rings up, I always ask a question like say, hey, what do you think we should order? And I'll ask mm. all the team. And even though even if I've got that number in my head already, it's getting their input. So then mm. that's so they might say, oh, we need ten cartons of that. And I say, well. Well, hang on, it's on special next week. Do you think we should get 15? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So it's sort of just, mm. you're sort of training, but you're not training. Like, it's sort of, it's that's the sort of way I do things, and it's worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like it just happens organically, you know, so it's not about necessary. And this is what a lot of organizations think, that they have to provide all of these developments and these training courses and so forth. But what they don't understand is that the value of on-the-job experience and people also giving um, people the ability to be autonomous in their decisions or have an opinion or really understanding why you're making decisions is actually even yeah. more powerful than those probably training that they've had. Yeah, and we don't, like, I've sort of looked at doing courses myself, but it's, it's yeah, I've just, all, yeah, just sort of learned from organically and, mm. and if the staff can do it at 90% correct then and me not have to be there, then that's good. It's just mm. sort of hopefully the 10% is in the major um a major problem but most of it's not like I'm I'm really lucky with the team that we've got and most mm-hmm. of them have been here for at least 10 years okay. so yeah so it's good and so over the years I guess to engage and continue to have people want to work with you and continue to be under your leadership I mean are there some things that you have done to support them or you know how do you help continue to keep them engaged I guess yeah I like oh yeah whether it's 
I'll always sort of trying to like if they need help or uh, like with I've had some people leave and start up their own. You know, my managers that I previous have left and start up their own book tree. I've mm. probably had about probably about four that have done that. Which you know sometimes you think oh you put all that time and effort into them, but I mean it's exactly the same as when I was young. Like it's it's good. I think it's it's growing the industry. So you want people mm. like if any of my workers were to come to me now, if my manager said, hey, I want to set up my own shop, I'd make sure that's good and say, yeah, how about I help you invest in that or, mm. you know, give them along because it's the growth. You don't you don't want to have people just, I mean, it's lovely that they will stay. Yeah. Um, they look after them well. So they don't sort of, don't look at the grass is always greener. Yeah. Um, and it's, but yeah, you want, you want people to sort of go out and sort of, and learn things. Um, is when I sort of started, when I um, learned my, um, uh, stepdad said to me, um, "You can you can either be you can either put your be a tortoise and put your head out, and each time mm. danger comes, you pull it in, or you can go out there and leave your head out, and it might get mm. chopped off, but you're going to learn from that, and that's sort of how I sort of looked at it. You've got to, you sometimes you've got to make mistakes. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's done us well. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, congratulations. Sounds like you've had an amazing experience, not just for you, but also for your people." What I loved about your blurb at the beginning as well is how you mentioned that you had a great experience, I think, with your first boss that helped you, um, I guess, role model some of those things that made you want to, you know, make sure that you got more apprentices or get apprentices through their apprenticeship. So talk me a little bit through that experience and how it kind of defined you. Yeah, I suppose it's like I still talk to all my bosses. Like I still I still ring up um, my first one, Larry, you know, I'll call past him up at Waipu. Um, you know, got Alan from, and I still ring up London. I still mm. I ring up. It's the on. Um, I finished Christmas on the twenty fourth of December. Um, I I when we finished, I always give them a phone call, and I have. You know, I haven't been what is it twenty two years now since I was last there, and I still ring up every single. It's their Christmas morning, and and they'll say, "Oh, yeah, it's Skippy on the phone." You know, so it's it's cool that you know you, I have that relationship with them, and that mm. sort of that sort of helped um, along that way. Um, so what was the question? I started waffling there a little bit. No worries. I was just mentioning like how your original boss defined you and uh, particularly when you became a boss yourself and had that role modeling. I think, yeah, they've, they've, always, they've always sort of helped when I first went out um, and we started, bought my first shop. Um, he wasn't ready to sell. I was always going to buy his shop, but we sort of built it up. So um i was just going for a run when i bought the first shop in coates ave walked in there and bought it off this guy called john's molesworth and um and he helped he even though um old boss alan he knew that i might take some people off from him mm-hmm. but he was there to support me knowing that and it does and 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 it, it was really good he was like he was i could ring him up and say hey this is a problem or this is how you do the accounts so he was showing me how to do the gps and and things mm-hmm. like that and that's sort of what I still do it to this day. I'll say to anyone, like, I've got a friend up at Mangawai and I'll sort of help them looking at different ways of how you can make more money because if you want people to succeed, like, I've always sort of, it's me, I've always felt when I was an apprentice and I'd look outside at Rimera and there's a Ferrari out there and I was like, I was never going, man, I was like, how can I get one of those? And like, you know, so it's sort of, and that's the sort of the way you want people to do. And that's what yep. our franchisor is well wants us. Like we've got all of us sort of fairly young people when we came on and bought into the Aussie butcher. But mm-hmm. he wants us to succeed. He wants us to have nice things. Mm. And you get that from working. And, and there's a lot of support there. 
and that's sort of why I do like I'm vice president now and retail meat board. So mm. it's sort of helping other smaller shops and through this COVID and understanding how you can growing your arms, um, growing sort of shops. So that's sort of I don't know, just it swings and roundabouts. And that's mm. why a lot of people have helped me. And that's why I always sort of put out there and sort of help younger people as well. So yeah yeah and i was reading this thing and listening to podcasts you know as as i do to try and just keep myself current but there's a lot of information that when a person becomes a leader or a manager they think i've made it and you know i've got everyone that's working for me and they're going to do what i say and i've you know got that but in reality it's actually quite a servitude kind of role you're actually serving others and you're serving your people and you're obviously you're you're big in serving your industry and and just helping people in general so it's it's a very different mindset. And I think that even if anyone who listens to this conversation takes that away from this conversation, I think that's quite powerful. It's around how can we help others succeed and thrive and get the things that they want and have the lifestyles that they want. Yeah. And I think it's very hard. Like when you first take on to management and it's it's really it it is really hard to sort of like say you're um I was always younger. So when I worked for the mad butcher and I was um I was the manager of the back room and there was older people that were under me, like we're literally double my age. But and it was hard to explain, you know, you're trying to tell someone that that has got so much experience that is still you're still learning from, but you're the manager of of them. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of trying to be able to, you know, it's turning it off too when you can be friendship. Or then when you have to be that boss, and that's what's that's I think for me that's probably the hardest thing to do is that you mm-hmm. want to be friends with everyone, but sometimes you've got to do the um, got to tell them off. A few years ago, we were we we've increased in turnover nearly every year, but mm-hmm. we came back from overseas and the accountant pulled us in and said, "Hey, it's really great you've um, increased your turnover by half a million dollars." It's like, "Oh, awesome!" She goes, "But it's your worst year you've ever had in profit." And we oh, drove wow. and we drove right into there looking at it, and it was like it was only two percent that we were trying to find, but you know, on our turnover, it makes a big difference. Mm. And when we went in there, it was found it was just coming down to like wastage. So wow. I had to then start to be telling people rather than looking, going, oh, there's a little bit of meat on the bones. Oh, don't worry, we're sort of making right money. I don't want to have that discussion of trying to explain mm-hmm. to people. And, but I actually, it was actually, I went to Nigel Latter Parenting, and he she said it's it's harder to do the smacking than it is to be smacked. Mm. And I sort of thought, and, and I don't mean by smacking your kids. I just sort of like, it's hard to tell someone off because when you get told off and you'll just sort of shrug it off. So I just started doing that and just sort of like, hey, explaining to people, um, mm. but yeah, you get that piece of meat, take it off the bone, put it on the scale, say it's $2. Okay, it's $2. How many legs of lamb do we do? Oh, you do 50. Okay, times that by 50. Now times that by 100. And I said, mm. there you, go. you know, you've got that. That's, you know, two times 50 so that's a you know it can be like a thousand dollars two thousand dollars and that's just off one sort of one leg lamb um that's sort of explaining so once you sort of yeah that was explaining to them that and that's how you sort of did it and that's what i've sort of i do take that it's Mm. no i don't it's the hardest thing of my job is when you have to do disciplinary actions and on the i don't have an hr department like i am hr i am like so it's everything like problems are coming to me whether it be marital or you know mortgage or my car's broken down it's like it's coming on to me and that's what i yeah and then that's where it's sort of hard and i that's probably the hardest thing like sometimes mm. you want to be their friends but you actually have to you know lay down the rules sometime yeah exactly i've struggled 
And it's a common thing as well, you know, and um, through the uh, Manager IQ's new manager development programme, we do um, like quite a bit with regards to having the difficult conversations or managing conflict and those sorts of things. And one of the, the key things is don't shy away from it, you know, lean into it and realise that you're actually doing them a favour, you know, because you, they will learn a lesson from that. You'll also understand a little bit more context because usually if you're going in with a curious mindset, you understand, oh, maybe they had a different cutting method, perhaps, that you didn't realise that they were having. I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know your world, but I'm assuming that that might be the case and so forth. So it's a really powerful moment and it could be a defining moment for them because you could course correct a certain behavior. And I'm sure that lesson they'll learn for now and forever. And then even maybe when they have their own butcher shop, they'll know about, you know, waste management because of these conversations that you've had with them. Yeah. And that's it's just explaining. I always sort of try and put it into a story that way. That's how I sort of will sort of talk of um, trying to explain to them why they should do that, and, you know, mm -hmm. like. One of the young guys at the moment and so like at the end of the day they might be sort of you know it's sort of everything's all cleaned up and they're standing around not doing much but they're just sort of serving the customers and i said look you need to be sharpening your knife because i said you're going to be a very good butcher and you can be a, but the difference you need to have sharp knives because that will make you from being a good butcher to a great butcher because yeah. you're not going to be you're not going to be pushing the meat you'll be cutting the meat so just little things like that and taking the time to and to showing them so that's sort of and that sort of it makes it easier. So then, if you're making the job easier, they feel better about themselves because it mm. is easy to do the whole thing. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah, I definitely sort of you, you're always having to do things. You're always having to sort of show them how to do things. Mm. And then when when you got your managers now, um, he's not a, as much of a people person as me. So he sort of struggles on that sort of side of things and that you know it's like these guys might not be listening to him so then you have to you can't mm -hmm. just it's not about throwing your toys out of the cot like our industry was like you'd go off the deep end and you know yeah. throw a few f-bombs around and that but yeah everyone's a little bit sort of precious now uh, but my number one thing of interviews when i used to when when we were small i used to ask them what radio station to listen to yeah. and if, if i didn't if they said a radio station that i personally didn't like <laughs> I nearly wouldn't give them a job, which is really, <laughs> this is going back quite a few years, but, yeah. and that's, and that because I knew that you had to, we, when we had a small team, we had to have everyone fit and that's now that's harder. And you'd find that yourself when you're working in an office mm -hmm. that you're getting all these people from all different works of life and the, different religions, different races, mm. like different upbringings, and where they're all sort of based. And now you're trying to have to incorporate like this. So I've got like these young guys that are 27 that love listening to the rock, and that's yeah. like out. And then I've got these the old ladies that have been with me for like 10 years, 12 years, but they don't want to listen to this blaring music, and the customer does. So it's sort of like it's like well, to nine o'clock you can to listen to this, and then we're going to this radio station from nine to there, and it's yeah. yeah so it's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a juggling act and that's sort of trying to do it so yeah and you know what I, you know the, the the one thing that i also think will just draw on a little bit more there is around how you've had to evolve as a leader and a manager given over time because the world is changing you know like you said oh. that you know f-bombs and so forth were were a thing of the you know like the industry or the it was always said around the shop and i think people have a lot better understanding around how powerful culture is or the environment is to themselves and how it can actually impact it positively on the business as well and you know and there's they've got more of a voice you know now as well so and I think that that is, um, it's, I think it's great that the, the world has been challenged in, in lots of ways to for it to evolve. But management and leadership, you need to kind of evolve with that. Like even with COVID and um, 
Me Too, Black Lives Matters, like all of these things are coming into our environment and really changing the world at a more rapid pace than ever. And, you know, like when you talk about sharpening your tools with your with your team, as managers, we need to continue to do that as well. One, to keep up with what our people need and want and yeah. so forth. So we need to kind of continue to learn and grow. And if you can have that kind of development, curious mindset to management and leadership and go out and continue to learn, you're going to help evolve yourself as the world evolves around you. So it was just an interesting point that I picked up from your um, from your conversation before yeah i think it's and that's the sort of thing like and like we're in this weird world i mean you guys have had mm. a hard problem and we're now sort of we're having our sort of stint of some you know mm. a lot of it and it's and there's been a lot of difference with you know like is everyone sort of vaccinated and like you're allowed to ask them you can ask them if they're vaccinated but they don't have to tell you that they're not mm. vaccinated so it's sort of it's then now you're sort of getting this divide and the sort of hard and then you've got customers that are coming in so it's 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 this really sort of different world that you're trying to keep people, everyone sort of safe and getting everyone to sort of understand and i think that's i think that would be a great tool to be able to learn how to you know you've got to be able to learn how to do this because that's what's going to make you a great leader is mm. we are sort of, you've got to look after your consumer you've got but then you, the other thing you've got to look after your staff as well because it's their family and they're spending a long, a lot of time, man. Like you spend, like, you know, my guys, some of them are doing 12 hours um, mm. on certain days. And even if you're doing, you spend a lot of time with everyone at work, nearly yeah. more time than you're spending with your family. So yeah. that's sort of, you have, you've got to have it like that really good balance. And sort of mm. people get the young guys, you know, 20 odds, to be able to understand that they, you can't be like that to the, with the ladies you know like people you can't just sort of say this and think that they're going to shrug it off the shoulders and then you know yeah. different sensitivity and things like that so mm. yeah yeah and they also say that you can reduce the amount of conflict in your team just by getting to getting getting to like i guess ensuring that everyone understands each other get them to know each other a little bit better, ask a few more questions, understand their background and so forth. And then what happens is you don't have these assumptions or oh, that person is, you know, is ignoring me for whatever reason. Maybe they're actually just busy at that point in time or they're thinking about something else, you know. So the assumptions get re reduced because you know each other that much better. And if you create a culture, which sounds like you are, of people understanding each other, there's going to be a lot less conflict and probably more harmonious kind of environment. Yeah, yeah, and no, like I'll go in, you sort of might you go, whoa, something's happened. Like you know, you can just feel yeah. that there's something in the air, and it's like, and I, my sort of thing, I'll just say, right, who ran over their kitten? Like that's my saying. Like who ran over their cat today? Because I'm it's like, it looks like you've been, you know, yeah, there's not something that's wrong. So I'm sort of, and you need someone to come in. They might, you know, you don't. Everyone's sort of like, oh, why is that person not talking to me? They're just sort of, but then you sort of, hey, what's the wrong? And it's like, oh, you know like ran over my cat or you know like my grandma's sick or something like that so it's 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 like okay well you know maybe you should come and say that to me so then when everyone knows that hey um bob's not feeling well today or bob's just a little mm -hmm. bit sort of down and that's sort of so everyone understands rather than just sort of thinking god what the hell's wrong with bob why is he ignoring us today so that's sort of yeah it's it's getting people to come to you and explain which can be hard for them as well so it's sort of yeah yeah i think that's such a good example and it has come up in a couple of other interviews around making sure that you are you know being aware of the surroundings and picking up on those cues yeah. because they're there and they can be quite obvious if you know your people well and if you know how your environment works like you say you can walk into the shop and instantly you know that something's happened you know like that's 
great to be able to do it. And the good thing about it is you go in and you deal with it as soon as you can, because I'm assuming that that vibe can, can then carry on to what the customers experience as well. Oh, and that's it. And then it's a confessor very quickly. You know, we've, we're very close in um, in quarters and that's the thing. So you sort of, you've got to nip it in the butt. And sometimes I used to sort of just, you know, just let it sort of flow on and, and hope it would go. But if I'm not there as much or I'm in the offices more, you're not on the floor, then it's, you've got to make sure that, yeah, it's this harmonious sort of, that's this, mm. people are sort of doing it. Or you might just sort of say, hey, why don't you go and work in the upper room today? Or, you know, it's, yeah, it's a it's a big sort of sort of bit of a juggling thing, and yeah, mm. yeah, and it's not something that you want to avoid. Like you said, that festering can go on for a lot longer. Oh. It's much harder to come back from. Yeah, yeah, and then someone might say something that they didn't actually mean to say, and then mm. it sort of it sort of blows up in that. So yeah. yeah, I think it's I think for like management side of things, like when you go into you know, I've got some friends that are, you know, building up and they're going up into being um, trying to own a store in the foodstuffs brands, which would be absolutely amazing. But the steps you've got to go through mm. so sort of big in that. But then they've always, uh, as the bigger this sort of company, you've got the HR there, you've got all these all yeah. these implements behind. So I think for like for me, for a business, uh, even though we're, you know, we are a small business, but we aren't. It's sort of you have got all those um, all those policies and all the procedures behind you, or someone to fall back on. Say, hey, right, go and see Debbie at HR. You know, she's going to mm. sort this out. It's it's Ruben. But so I think that's to be able to have something that can help, um, like whether it's a, a flow system or something like that that can help sort of smaller businesses. I think that would mm. be sort of is very helpful. But I'd find that helps sort of helpful. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm sure there's tons out there, you know, like of different things that are going on. But one of the things that I found, even when we're, we're doing research on Manager IQ, is that people don't know where to go to for help, you know. So it's a big, bad world. Oh, no, I shouldn't say big, a big, fantastic world out there of things that you can Google and things that you've got access to now and so forth. But you don't know the wood from the tree sometimes. And, you know, what is, and then you have to do research and then you go down some rabbit warrens. So it's sometimes it's an access issue. They don't know if that's the right thing for them. So um, something to think about. Yeah. Mm. I feel like there's so there actually is a lot of crossovers between your environment and and the corporate world, um, Ruben. It's 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 quite it's fascinating. Even though maybe the language is slightly different, I think the concepts are are there. But um, but like you've answered a lot of the the kind of key questions that we're going to that we're going to ask just organically through the conversation, which is which is perfect. But before we go, would you have any, I guess, hot tips for any managers and leaders out there to help them as they transition into management or even as they grow as a manager? Um, I would say so. Another thing was always think, um, question. You're better off to ask a silly question than do a silly thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of sort of say to my guys, you, you, you never stop learning as well. So you always sort of come and ask or ask a question because if you which can be hard because then you might be feeling that you don't actually know the answer and then you you know maybe you shouldn't be in that management role but mm-hmm. if you don't stop if you don't stop asking then you don't you you know you're not going to carry on learning like you always pick up on different things um and i think with the way that the social is now um like it's really good like you know on instagram you sort of like i, I did a podcast with um, a butcher in Australia the other day, and it's it's you're learning from them, and I'll mm. I'll pick up ideas from them. So I think that's the biggest thing is that if you're in management, always go and speak to someone, like mm. reach out to somebody else, or you know whether it's through social or you know whatever it is, or 
or ask your boss just sort of going along because that's the biggest thing that you just don't stop asking questions. That's sort of my first thing. Don't sort of like push it down inside yourself because then it is going to fester in yourself and you'll and then you'll feel that your ability isn't good. But then mm -hmm. you're, you, it is there. You wouldn't you wouldn't be have been given the, a management position if you weren't management material. So that's yeah. just a thing. Like that's um, yeah. I think it's sort of if you've got that job, then that's the job that you know. And it's everyone is great. Like as you sort of as we sort of said, you you don't have bad managers. It's just like actually you might be a sort of the upper level might be bad or something. So reach out to the sideways or something like that. So mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, it was something we we talked about in our pre chat around. Um, you know, you were quite fortunate with the fact that you had a boss that inspired you and it's impacted in the way that you you know help your apprentices and so forth. But what happens with managers who maybe had people? Um, like in front of them or an upper management that maybe weren't practicing in a way that they felt where they were comfortable with or wanted to role model in the same way. And, and I think it's great advice that you give there that go out, you know, go to other people within your organization if you have them, go to other butchers, um, you know, talk to other different people. One thing I found through Manager IQ, just people are so keen to talk to you and share their experience. And, you know, I think inherent as part of human nature, I think we do want to help each other. And so um, just being a little bit bold, I think, by, you know, going out and putting yourself out there, you're going to gain a lot. And because I agree with every conversation, you always learn something. And that's the thing. Well, we started a thing. It sort of got put on hold of this whole COVID last two years, but it was called Bears and Ideas. So yeah. we had like people like, you know, and that's what I've always sort of said and I've um, is that I might be what I'm sort of doing is um, as a butcher um, in a in a uh, retail shop is you can get help from someone that's in a new world or a countdown. So it's uh, the industry can come together, and it, you don't have to just be. People always just sort of think, oh, they're my competition. They don't help, but like literally, that's why I went down and I helped a guy down the road, 500 meters down the road, when my shop was shut. I went and he he reached out to me because he didn't have any butchers that could cut on the bandsaw. So he's theoretically my competition in the local yeah. um, new world. I went and cut all the stuff because he needed someone on the bandsaw. So yeah. and that's sort of it's all good sort of will that like that sort of comes mm -hmm. around. So I think you can reach out to all different industries as well. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't just have to be like sort of narrow minded. Go ahead, take those blinkers off because mm -hmm. if you have those off, you'll sort of you'll see around, not just forward. Yeah, I think that's wonderful advice. And I just love that you did that, you know, just went and helped out wherever you can. And, you know, I've always been quite, you know, I've grown up in my HR career and I've always been passionate about my profession as well and about helping each other out and, you know, just elevating the profession in itself. And I feel like you've got the same sentiment through your, you know, through the whole butcher's world. Yeah, no, it's good. It's sort yeah. of, it's, it's just sort of say it swings to roundabouts, you mm. know, see someone hops on it, we'll get up. it's all, it's all fair and games. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, maybe you should say that because it also doesn't come. It can come back in the most unusual ways. That good, the good, um, I guess, will that you've put out there into the world. I've been very surprised around just helping someone because I thought it was the right thing to do, and then suddenly something else would happen. Like, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's the good karma, I guess. Um, that's yeah. kind of back. So it's amazing how that energy could be put out into the world and what will come back to you. That's it. So yeah, it's that's what I've definitely sort of learned through over the years. Um from my personal sort of life it's sort of mm. when you sort of incorporate that into um into the work life that it does you know it's um i definitely believe in karma like if you help yeah if you help someone then uh, it'll come back and it might not be it might not be straight away but then all of a sudden you know i've had that like i was helping out with people and then i've had 
people contact me and sort of saying, hey, we want to buy our meat off you because you've done this. So it's 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 good. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. Ruben, I've had such a fantastic time getting to learn a little bit more in your industry and how it resonates in the kind of the world of managers. Like I said earlier, I think there's heaps of great crossover, but thank you so much for your time. I'll make sure that we put your link in the, so that everyone can, if anyone would like to contact you or have a conversation with you about your experience, they can do. But um, thank you so much for joining. I think it was fantastic. Excellent. Cheers.